Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the NHL Trade Talk Podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with NHLTradeTalk.com, TheHockeyRaiders.com, a bunch of other hockey platforms. We talk all things NHL, and we are getting pretty close to the regular season kicking off. Training camps are almost underway. There's some teams that are on ice uh, doing their skating sessions already, and some teams, all of their guys are there. Uh, but we've got an interesting episode today, one that deals with a player who may or may not be happy with where he's at right now, and that's Pierre-Luc Dubois, who currently plays for the Winnipeg Jets. There's been a lot of talk and speculation that maybe Dubois is not long for the Jets, that he's interested in moving on. His agent, Pat Brisson, has sort of said that he might be interested in moving to the Montreal Canadiens. There's been rumors and speculation that perhaps the Canadians would welcome that. We don't know from their behavior and who they're signing and what they're doing with their rebuild, if it's a rebuild, if Dubois is in the cards for them. But there's lots of talk, and sometimes when there's talk, there's fire. So we're going to talk about that today, whether Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be staying in Winnipeg, what is going on there, what's happening with the Jets, what's happening with the player, what is his frame of mind, and why is he maybe looking to leave another team and work his way out of that situation, or is this all about leverage and the way the NHL is going these days? So we're going to talk all about that. Brooke Laferno from the Hockey Raiders and NHL Trade Talk is going to join us. We hope that you enjoy this episode. It's kind of a different take on an interesting topic. So this one's all about Pierre-Luc Dubois, and that comes up right now. Welcome, everybody. Another edition of the NHL Trade Talk podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with NHLTradeTalk.com and TheHockeyRaiders.com. As always, here with Brooke Laferno who also writes for both platforms. I appreciate her doing that. Brooke, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm ready for this show today. It's going to be a good one. Well, yeah, we're super excited about it because for the most part, we've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Every time that we go to do this show, something big happens, like almost right before we're about to get ready to do it. So we've had the Nazem Kadri signing get in the way. We've had the Matthew Kachuk trade to Florida get in the way. We've had all sorts of things pop up that were like, oh, crap, we got to immediately talk about that. So Pierre-Luc Dubois, who we are about to talk about today, has been pushed aside about four times now. I made a joke on the last show that we did. I said, if you ever watch Jimmy Kimmel, there's a running joke that he's always going to interview Matt Damon and never brings Matt Damon on the show. And it's mm-hmm. every episode that he does. He's like, well, we're just sorry we didn't have time for Matt Damon. And that's like a running joke, right? That's how we're starting to feel about Dubois. It's been a very interesting topic that we've wanted to talk about, but we just keep pushing him aside and pushing him aside and pushing him aside. But not a ton has happened in the NHL this past week. So we're getting an opportunity right now to go through the Pierre-Luc Dubois conversation. And that's what this show is going to be all about. So before we get into it, I think the first thing I'm going to ask you is, from an outside perspective, and we briefly talked about this before we started recording, but what perception do you get of Pierre-Luc Dubois? Like, are you intrigued by him? Are you like, what's up with this dude? Like, what is when you first think Pierre Luc Dubois and you think about his situation from Columbus to Winnipeg? What do you think when you hear his name? Yes, he's very intriguing. I think that's the perfect word. That's kind of every time how I feel when I look at his stats or when I look at him in the news. I'm like, this guy's just intriguing. And I think maybe that's why the media loves him so much and Twitter loves him so much because his situation's a good quote. But honestly, if I'm being honest, the way I kind of perceive him is he's a little bit of a pain in the booty. Uh, Right now, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe if I was a Columbus fan or a Winnipeg fan, I might have a better grasp because of the player he is. 
and I don't watch him on a daily basis, but I have a good idea that he's a good player, but he is kind of a pain right now. And it seems to be kind of taking the league by storm and it seems like it's affecting the league um, in some ways. And also when it affects his teams too, we saw it in Columbus and Winnipeg. So he's kind of an interesting enigma that he holds a lot of power at the moment. So yeah, I think intriguing or interesting is a good way to put it. Yeah, he, you're right. He does seem to have a lot of sway, a lot of power that maybe he doesn't deserve. It's not like he's not a great player. He seems to be a very good player and maybe he's not the most consistent player in the world, but he's one of those guys that maybe you don't talk about as much as you would others who are like legitimate stars in the NHL. You don't throw Dubois name in the top 10, maybe not even in the top 20, excuse me, but he's good. He's got talent. He's got skill. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got a lot of the things that you would probably want. Uh, He's a center. He can do and play in your top six, if not on your top line for a lot of teams. Like he's a solid, solid player, but for whatever reason, he just seems to have issues almost everywhere he goes, but we don't really know the extent of those issues because he doesn't say much. And when he does talk, it's like, sometimes it's one way, sometimes it's another. The coaches don't seem to say anything too terribly negative about him, but they also don't seem to say anything great about the player. You know, it's not like they're like, Oh yeah, he's leadership material or he's a wonderful this or in the locker room. He's great. No one ever says that at least that I've ever heard about Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm not saying he isn't that person, but you don't get the sense from him when you hear his situations coming out of Columbus, where it looked like he was trying to work his way out of that situation. And now he's in Winnipeg where it sounds like he's trying to work his way out of that situation. Uh, We don't know why he keeps wanting to leave these places. And we don't know why he keeps saying he's happy there when he arrives. So it's kind of a strange what's going on here. Is this just a guy who, when he gets to a new environment immediately goes, eh, grass is greener somewhere else. Or if the, if what we're hearing is true, that he would like to wind up with the Montreal Canadians. And that has always been his dream. And that has always been his final destination of choice that nobody's going to live up to the Canadians. That's where he's going to wind up. And everything up until he gets there is just all part of his dramatic saga that we're hearing about as fans. What do you think it is? Like, is he trouble? Is he just want to be in that one place and he's working his way there, no matter how it affects others around him? Like, what do you, what do you imagine his ultimate goal here is? Here's the thing. I don't think it's just Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think probably most NHL players have kind of like an alternate plan in the back of their head of somewhere they might want to end up at some point might not be right now, but they might think in their head, I want to play for the Rangers one day or the, you know, Canadians. But what I do find funny about this whole thing is that um, when he was asked about Montreal, he kind of danced around it and was like, well, I think most players, you know, that wherever they grew up, they would, everyone would say they want to play for their hometown team. And I think he is right about that. I think that's a human, natural human emotion, but I do find it funny that this is all going on and everyone is kind of like, Uh, it's a weird negotiation tactic for sure. And it's not a for sure thing, but everyone's acting like it is. Everyone's saying Montreal has had interest in him for a long time. This isn't new news, but um, like I said, it does seem like he seems like it's a for sure thing. And whenever they ask him about it, like you said, he's very wishy-washy about it. Sometimes it's I'm okay in Winnipeg. I don't know about Winnipeg. We'll see kind of thing. Like it's just, it's very odd, but if it is his negotiation tactic, it is strange, but if this ends up working out and he does end up in Montreal where his agent um, did end up saying he would like to be there, uh, then he will be the smartest person in hockey, I think. We're going to have some weird negotiation tactics, I think, around the league after this. Well, it's kind of funny because if he's going to Montreal and there's different 
perceptions of what the Montreal Canadiens are and what they're doing and what their plan is, but they just put the captaincy on Nick Suzuki. He's their center and he's probably going to be their top center uh, moving forward here. If everything pounds out as they'd hope, they just gave a four year deal to Kirby doc, who, you know, uh, mm-hmm. very well from covering the Chicago Blackhawks. So he's obviously worked into their long-term plans. Um, they have Christian Dvorak, who we believe they probably will try to move at some point. Um, but it's not like they have no centers. You know, they have a decent amount of young up and coming people who could fill in a large role for them in their top six. So I'm not sure if I were to pick out any sort of team that Montreal makes the most sense for me. I get the connection, you know, he's French Montreal, all, all that stuff that goes with, but I don't know if there are better opportunities if I'm Pierre-Luc Dubois to go. Here are other teams that need a center more than maybe Montreal might need me. And I'm just going there because it's Montreal. It's an, it's interesting to me. Like Montreal seems to be behaving and acting as though, yeah, if we get Pierre-Luc Dubois, great. But they don't seem to be moving pieces around and emptying the cupboards to bring him in. But from what we understand, his agent, Pat Brisson, has been the one who dropped that bomb that he would like to play for the Canadians at some point. So it sounds like the player wants to go there, but we don't know. I'm assuming Montreal would love to have him, but we don't really know that yet. Like he's Ken Hughes hasn't said anything about it. So it's it's really quite interesting to see what's going on. And for those that don't know the story here, basically what happened was Pierre-Luc Dubois had an opportunity to sign long-term with the Winnipeg Jets. He declined to do that. He signed a one-year deal. He's got another opportunity at the end of this contract while he's still in RFA to do a long-term deal. But it sounds like people think he's going to uh, take advantage of arbitration and walk his way into unrestricted free agency, which will then give him the opportunity at a very young age to take a pick for where he'd like to go and what he'd like to do. And he doesn't have to negotiate uh, without he's got all the leverage at that point and go wherever he wants to. So that would force Winnipeg's hand and probably say, okay, well, if you're not going to stay here and we know you're not going to stay here and you're only what 25 years old, when you go, we got to trade you first. So what do you think happens? Do you believe that Dubois works this out with Winnipeg and has a decent season figures out, you know what, it's not that bad here or he's, he's out the door. There's just no way he's staying with the Jets. Something that kind of stuck out to me is an interview that he did a few weeks ago. And when they were kind of asking about his future in Winnipeg, he, the uh, the interviewer kept saying he kept mentioning two to three years from now, two to three years from now, or one to two years. And that kind of stuck out to him as I don't think he's thinking his future is in Winnipeg by the way he's talking. Um, Cause he's not saying I would like to be here. This is where I picture myself forever, but he's not exactly like you said, he's being wishy-washy about it. He's not exactly saying no or yes either, but read between the lines it doesn't seem like that's where it's heading um so it is interesting I don't I don't see it I don't see a future in Winnipeg for him I do think he's just kind of waiting this out um which like I said puts Winnipeg in a kind of a bad spot even just as a team not just from a management standpoint um but yeah I just I don't see it It just seems like he's dancing in circles and is just waiting for the next best thing especially if Winnipeg struggles again this year I don't see him staying well, that's what I was just going to ask you next. Can you do you blame him? Do you do you say, hey, I mean, yeah, he seems to do this a lot. He seems to work his way out of these teams, like he sort of worked his way out of Columbus, and it looks like he's working his way out of Winnipeg. But in both situations, neither one of those two teams seemed to look like they had a very clear future, right? Like we at one point believed that 
you know, Columbus had the right coach and they were a different kind of team building an identity for themselves. And they maybe had a shot. They eliminated Tampa Bay in the playoffs one time. And it was like, Oh my gosh, that was a, you never knew what was going to happen with Columbus, but it went downhill pretty quickly. Winnipeg was one of those young teams that was building a really young skilled roster that everybody was like, Oh man, they've got the best goalie in the league. They've got some really good skill. They could be a very good team. And it didn't work out. And they have sort of taken now a downturn and not everybody's sure exactly what Winnipeg is going to be. And some of their stars have either left or might leave. Nobody knows what's happening with Mark Shifley. So do you kind of hold anything against Pierre-Luc Dubois for seeing his situation for what it is and go, man, I've gotten myself on two teams here that don't seem to have much of a future. Now I'm not saying yes. you should rule out either team completely, yeah. but it, it didn't look, it doesn't look as promising now as it did a couple seasons ago for each team. Right. Right. And I think that's what makes Pierre-Luc Dubois so intriguing is that, yeah, on one side, he sounds like a pain in the booty. He seems like he's making a bigger deal, a lot of things than they are. And then on the other hand, you understand the human aspect of it. We're not hockey players, but we do understand that every player has to do what's best for them. And some teams, for whatever reason, just might not fit some players' lives, you know, and that happens a lot. And he's no different than that. And that's what he's doing. He's going about it in a weird way, but I understand. Um, And I guess I don't blame, I mean, every player wants to win but I do think it kind of maybe might be a slap in the face to Winnipeg who did give up a lot to get Pierre-Luc Dubois from Columbus to all of a sudden kind of be like I don't know if this is for me but I know that's the risk you take um as a general manager when you make those kinds of trades but do you know what's weird is one of the things he also did say was something like if I wanted out of Winnipeg I would have asked for a trade and not once did that cross my mind and not once did I ask for a trade and everyone's blowing that out of proportion but again, it's like read through the lines kind of thing. Like he's kind of saying his actions are a little bit different. So yeah, I don't blame them if they're not winning, but again, it still seems a little harsh, I think. <laughs> well, what do you like? Do you think the NHL as a whole, like we talked about his perception of what the blue jackets were when he wanted to leave there and his perception of what the Winnipeg jets are, maybe that he wants to leave there. Although, like you said, he hasn't come out and said, I don't want to be here. But his actions seem to speak like, and maybe it's not about Winnipeg. Maybe it's just about Mm -hmm. choice, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just about, and we saw this with Matthew Kachuk, right? He was very open and honest with the Calgary Flames. He did say, I don't have anything personal against Calgary, but I specifically negotiated my way to having the most choice that I could, and I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm young. I want to choose where I go. Now it wound up that he was moved to the Florida Panthers and signed a long-term deal there. But is this less about the Jets and more about Dubois going, I just want my cake and I want to be able to eat it too. I want to look at my surroundings and go, here's where I want to go. Now, everybody seems to think it's Montreal. But what if he just says, you know what, I just want to have choices. I want to look. And is the NHL enabling that? Are we looking at now a league where these players who are maybe younger than they should be having these choices uh, – I know it's in the legal rules and their contracts and all that stuff that they can do it this way, but it seems to be happening more and more often. And the NHL is kind of going, you know what? The GMs are adjusting. They're signing these players, right? Mm -hmm. They're not saying, no, 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 you have, we have you as an RFA. You either do a bridge deal that works for us or you sign long-term and we get rid of your UFA years or whatever. It doesn't seem to be happening as often as, as it used to be. And Dubois and Kachuk and these people are walking themselves into these, uh, negotiating situations where they mm-hmm. have all the leverage. What is it with Dubois? Do you think? Do you do you think he just wants that control, or he's really looking to just depart and go somewhere else? I do think it's about control. I mean, like you said, it is about your future, and you want to be somewhere you enjoy. Like you said, we're not 
in his brain. We don't know how he feels about Winnipeg. He might love it there, but like you said, it could be just a matter of personal choice. But there is something that kind of bugs me about this whole thing. And when you mentioned Kachuk, Kachuk actually kind of worked his way up to getting his choice kind of thing. He was in Calgary for a long time. He paid his dues. He had an over 100-point season. Um, you know, he, like he worked up to that point. And I think in the NHL, that was kind of a privilege for a while to kind of work your way up to choosing your future. In a sense, people worked their ways up to no trade clauses and got to choose where they had to go, but they had to work for it. They had to prove it. Pierre-Luc Dubois, I don't think is there yet. He's a very good player. I like him as a player a lot. I would take him on the Blackhawks actually as a player. Um, but like I said, I don't know if he's in that position to start enabling um, that kind of behavior or that kind of thing, because I think that sets a bad precedent for rookies. Like, is there no respect there kind of thing for the teams that take you? I feel like you have to, that should be how it does. Like you just work for it. Like that has been in the NHL for years. So I get, I get both sides, to be honest. I get the personal choice and the future thing, of course, from a human standpoint, but I think there is a little bit of a lack of respect in there too, in some ways. So what do you think is more important to NHL teams now? Like, is it the player and his skill set and how good Dubois could be for your team? Or is it this perception that maybe he's problematic, that maybe he's hard to negotiate with, that maybe he doesn't know what he wants and that he changes his mind every time the wind blows a different direction? Mm -hmm. Like, what if you're another NHL team and he walks himself to unrestricted free agency and he takes advantage of his negotiating power and he does his arbitration deal and he keeps doing these one-year contracts Mm -hmm. and he's free to do what he wants... Are you a club that says, I will look at the player and his skill over the player and his personality, his character, Mm -hmm. his leadership? Because I don't know what Dubois is at this point. I don't know if he's exactly the guy you want or maybe the guy you stay away from because you're like, he could get here, we could sign him, and two years later, he could be unhappy. And what do we do do then? So if you're an NHL GM looking around and then maybe considering Dubois – your team which way do you lean I'm actually thinking it's more character based here's the thing I think Pierre-Luc Dubois will always get opportunities with teams because he has the skill and he's got skill that teams are looking for I don't think he's ever going to be short of a market let's say it that way but I do think that teams are focusing more on character we saw it even in this upcoming or this previous draft um, where Shane Wright was expected to go number one and fell to four there were questions of his character for a little bit there were reports coming out about that So I think there was some prioritizing there. The Blackhawks made emphasis this offseason on character a lot. Um, So I do think teams are trying to uh, put more emphasis on character, for sure. I think skill is always going to play a role in it, for sure. I think it's more personal preference on teams, what they value more. But I do think character is what's going to come first, uh, coming in the future, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, because I see some teams, I mean, I'm in Edmonton, so I know uh, specifically what happens when you have a team that can overlook the reputation Uh or the whatever of a player we got Evander Kane he worked out fantastically he gets a five-year deal looks like or four-year deal he looks like he's going to be fantastic fit for Oilers but we don't really know yet now that he's got Uh a long-term deal and there's some comfort level there exactly how that's going to go but so far so good right so Uh maybe you go okay well I'm going to look at the player and what he can do for us and when we partner him with somebody on this line or we put him with this person here uh, this is a great combination that really could work out for us but I also understand the other side of it where some teams and most teams and you want to go near Vander Kane they're just like you know what I ain't going there and even though he had <laughs> a fantastic season with the Oilers in 40 something games and was on pace for whatever it was going to be 50 goals 
they still probably wouldn't have signed in today. He he went mm-hmm. out to the UFA market, looked around, wound up coming back to the Oilers because I don't think what he was hoping was out there was actually mm-hmm. out there. So I do wonder if the NHL, if half the teams are going to look at Dubois and go, you know what, this is a player really, really, really use. And the other half is going to be like, I don't know if we want this problem. Like, yeah. And if they think he's a problem and it's, it's going to be really interesting to see which one wins out the skill and the potential and his age and how good he could be and signing him. Like we see a lot of these long-term deals with players, you know, Miller, Huberto, they're not young spring chickens by any no. NHL definition. Yeah. Right. So you've got these guys, but you, you could sign Dubois at 25. Right. And so you've got an eight year deal or seven year deal with Dubois and he's only 31, 32 by the time that that deal ends. So um, he's certainly going to be in the right age group and the prime to really take advantage of most of those years if you sign him to a long-term deal. So I am curious as to which one wins out. Okay, so let's take a look at some possible teams. If Montreal is not in the cards, because we did mention potentially that the Canadians are not building their club like he's a shoe-in and that they are going to you know, give him whatever it is he wants to come there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but let's just pretend as though it's not, and that Montreal is out of the equation here. Who are you thinking? Who are you looking at? What teams, one, would be interested in Dubois, and that, two, Dubois might be interested in if Montreal is not? <laughs> Here's the thing. I have no clue what team Dubois is interested in other than the Canadians at this point. Yeah. I don't even know because it seems like any team, like you said, he goes to, he's unhappy um, at some point. So, I'm going to go with my first thought was actually Edmonton. I see him staying. I can see him staying in a Canadian market. It seems like that might just fit him better. Maybe not Winnipeg, but maybe another um, team. And someone that did come to mind to me is the Oilers. And maybe it may not make sense financially, but they seem to do a good job of taking on players, like you said, that maybe have had some reputation issues, but they had do a good job of getting the best out of them and helping them overcome that. So I could see that being an option. And they do like uh, young scores so I can see that for sure but uh, another just like a funny thing but maybe could happen is the Arizona Coyotes because um, it seems like every team sends their disgruntled players with um, confusing contracts and don't know what to do with them to the Coyotes <laughs> and you know what they are a young team uh, they continue rebuilding he could fit the mold for them too they're always looking for scoring so I think that could make sense as funny as it is but I can see that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Oilers are interesting only because uh, they have what could be maybe the three top centers in the NHL, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you put Nugent Hopkins at the third-line center position, he might be one of the best third-line centers in the league. Mm-hmm. But they've got Connor McDavid, they've got Leon Dreisettle. Now, where you play Leon Dreisettle, he's not always a center. Sometimes he's a winger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both got four and five years left in their deals, respectively, and so does Nugent Hopkins. So... That would be a very interesting fit because somebody would probably have to go. I think if mm-hmm. you're looking at Dubois, you're probably moving on from Nugent Hopkins. And then if you're doing that, Dubois is looking at it going, well, how the hell am I going to get more ice time than Connor right. McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? So I can see why you would look at the Oilers and go, okay, well, here's a team that likes to take on what could be quote unquote reclamation projects. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure exactly where the fit is there. Um it's also to me, and maybe this isn't even a fair thing to say because Montreal, if he was on their radar, Montreal is about as big a Canadian market as you can play in. There's some stress playing in Edmonton, right? Like you get into that city and you don't perform well, uh, which Dubois has had a tendency to do where he's hit and miss uh, with his production. The Oilers will not, the fans will not let that slide, right? They do mm-hmm. not 
go quietly into the night when somebody has been given big money and does not perform. So it'll be very, very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a team who I think um, could be maybe a silent sort of whatever. And I'm just still very shocked that they haven't done more. I'm going to say the Seattle Kraken. Uh, there's a team that I don't know why, because they have all sorts of money and they, they haven't really shown they have a game plan that mm-hmm. I can figure out. Uh, they don't really have, other than Yanni Gord, a top line center. They mm-hmm. just don't have one. They have they've got some wingers and they've added some some players that are decent, uh, but they don't necessarily have. They've got Shane Wright. And we don't know what Shane Wright's going to be. He was just drafted um, by them and maybe he could turn out to be wonderful. Um, they've, but they've got Yanni Gord and I don't know exactly how long he's going to be in their plans. He's got a, what, three years left at just over 5 million. Dubois might be the big splash they make. Like if they don't have, if Montreal's out and he's looking at a team that he might think, okay, well, there's some room here to add more pieces around me. I've got some decent wingers I can play with. And it don't necessarily want to be in a market where the entire spotlight is on me the whole time. Seattle could be a very interesting uh, opportunity. Did you have another team outside of Edmonton or was that your major go-to? I said funny. I said Canadian market, but I already said Arizona coyotes, but um, I actually said the flyers too. Cause I was thinking of teams that need goal scoring or need like young skill like that. And the flyers came to mind, but it's funny because John Tortorella is the coach there. And there was some, you know, reports that maybe uh, Dubois and Tortorella didn't always see eye to eye, which I know was, from Dubois' mouth that it was that's not true but you know who knows at this point um but that would be I think interesting for sure but like you said that's a hard market Philly's a hard market too and they'll hold you accountable as well yeah you know what it'll be really interesting to see if when whatever shakes loose with Dubois shakes loose because he's gonna have two years left in Winnipeg if they don't trade him first I'm not confident that Tortorella lasts two years in Philadelphia yeah Right. Like here's a guy who has already said that he's coming in looking at the locker room and he has high expectations for them to be ready out of camp. He knows there are issues in that dressing room and he's going to address them right away. Like he was hired as a guy who is to get immediate results. It's not Mm -hmm. get us a Stanley cup in five years. It's get us results today because we were terrible yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Tortorella is. And that doesn't necessarily equate to long-term coaching stability. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long Tortorella is going to last in Philly. I have a feeling that that could be one of those. Okay. Well, the flavor of the month is no longer something we'd like around here. And so he, I don't know that he makes it through the whole season. I would assume that he does, but you don't know what's going to happen in Philly, right? Like it's just one of those things They could be much better, which he has a tendency to make his teams a lot better right out of the gate, or they could be awful. Like yeah. that's the flyers. So Dubois might not have to worry goal. about Tortorella. Yeah, that should be a new poll for sure. Will Dubois' tenure in Winnipeg last as long as Tortorella's in Philadelphia? That should be a that yeah. Be a point. <laughs> that'll be really interesting. The other team that I would consider potentially are the Anaheim Ducks. Um, mm. That's a team that also is kind of laid on centers, and the ones that they do have, Adam Henrique, Ryan Strom, they're not to me top line centers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you believe that Dubois has that potential for you, uh, that might be a team that. I think could surprise some people because they have this ability to just sort of come out of nowhere and sign somebody. And you're yeah. kind of like, nobody ever talks about them as a team that's going to do anything. And then just they grab somebody or they 
whatever. Now, Dubois is a little different situation than some of the people they recently signed because everybody they've been signing, uh, kind of like the Blackhawks, I think they'll probably trade them. Yeah. I don't think you do that with Dubois. If you're going to bring mm-hmm. him in, you're not you're signing him in the hopes that you can build around him. And so, right. I don't know what um, you know Anaheim thinks that they have. Like Mason McTavish is going to be quite good. He's a center. Mm-hmm. Got Trevor Zegers, who's one of the most flashiest players in the entire NHL. Uh, he's also a center. Do they need somebody more stable? That's you know a little more proven, a little more experienced, kind of a you know a bigger dude um, that's been there and done that sort of thing. So I don't know. It'll be very very interesting because I think this story is even not even close to over. Like yes. it's been a little quiet and we haven't heard much out of the Dubois and Winnipeg Jets camp. But I don't know what Winnipeg's going to do. I don't know if Shifley's sticking around. I don't know if Dubois sticking around. Like, I really have no idea what Winnipeg thinks of their own team. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and whether or not they continue to invest in it or they shake it up. And if halfway through the season, we see a massive exodus out of Winnipeg. Like, yeah. it, it could be very interesting. Uh, maybe I should ask you that. What do you think happens with the Jets? Do you believe this is a team that's going to tear it all down? Or do you think that they might be better than people give them credit for? No, I actually think they're going to have to tear it down um, just from watching them a lot. They have some good players for sure with Kyle Connor and Shifley and Hellebuck and stuff, but it's not going anywhere. They're not getting better, but they're not getting worse either, which usually means something's got to get fixed there. So I do see eventually they're going to have to tear it down and it might have to be soon. I don't know how exactly they'll improve next year. They're one that I don't really see being very good. That could change though. So I see them still finishing towards the bottom of the central. So yeah, I understand if Pierre-Luc Dubois, like I said, doesn't want to, you know, go through that. I guess no player does. Yeah, there's something going on in Winnipeg. I don't know what it is, uh, but it's not – I don't think it's good. Like, Paul yeah. Maurice bailed. He just left, you know, yeah. halfway through the season as the coach. He's like, I'm out. They're not listening to me. I'm done. I don't want to do this no more. He winds up going somewhere else. Dubois doesn't seem very happy. Uh, Paul Stastny, who's probably – I don't know him, but he might be one of the nicest, most subtle dudes, most quiet guys in the in the entire league. He left, you know, yeah. signed a league minimum deal. Uh, what was it, the Carolina Hurricanes or something? Like, um, these guys just don't seem to want to stay, right? Mm-hmm. There's been talk about Connor Hellebuck and what's going on. There's been talk about Shifley and what's going on there and why is he not motivated? What is that? Something's up in Winnipeg, and I don't know what's wrong there but something's not right in the water. So I, I just get this feeling like that's a team that we should be watching because I have a feeling if they don't start strong, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to chalk up that season pretty quickly and go, yeah. let's just, let's just tear it down. Um, yeah. So it'll be really, <laughs> we'll do a Winnipeg jet show next. <laughs> yeah. That, we might wind up having to do, that'll be really interesting with the season. Like when yeah. it gets a couple weeks in and we're like, Holy crap, these teams are terrible. Mm-hmm. Or, wow. This team is better than anybody ever thought they were. What what does that change? How does the narrative around some of these teams change? Because um, there are some teams we are waiting for, Chicago being one of them, uh, to potentially make major moves once they know either how terrible they're going to be or mm-hmm. if they're actually better than everybody thinks that they will be and what that means, right? Does Patrick right. Kane and Jonathan Tate stick around, right? If Winnipeg sucks, does everybody go, let me out of here, let's go? Or mm-hmm. if they're actually competitive and they could – just hang on to the the idea of a playoff spot. I don't see it, but who knows, right? Hellebuck's the The power of faith. Yeah. Well, Hellebuck's the pivot there, right? Like if he decides not to stay, everything goes right. Like 
That'll be really interesting. Well, that's fun. This was an interesting. We've ne- we've ever done a show like this where we've kind of just yeah. not torn down, but dissected what possibly could be good be going on in the head of a an NHL player, and we don't know. We're just yeah reading the tea leaves and kind of watching from the sidelines and going what what could be happening here. It was kind of fun to do the experiment. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we haven't said anything that would come across as like we're anti Pierre Luc Dubois. We just don't know what's happening with this guy. So yeah, I'm, he's I'm a fascinated. good player. He's yeah. a good player and we wish him the best. It's just like you said, we're just trying to make sense of everything. <laughs> yeah. It's just such a weird story. It's just one of these things that, and it's affecting everybody, right? We were talking mm-hmm. earlier about all these bridge deals going away and all these young guys getting signed to max contracts. And I think it was Frank Valley or somebody posted just, he made a list of all the NHL players at these young ages signing eight year deals with their teams. Yeah. And even some of the older guys signing these long-term deals. And I don't wonder, I mean, I do wonder if, some of what's happening with Dubois and what happened with Chuck is affecting that. And that's why yeah. NHL GMs are doing this. So it's uh, affecting us too. I mean, we're talking about it. It's not just affecting the NHL. It's affecting us too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, this was fun. We're going to have to figure out where we go next. We do have um, a special show coming up here in the not too distant future. We're going to have uh, a special guest to talk some of the salary cap situations in the NHL. And there are many teams over the cap right now that will have to get under the cap prior to the season starting. So we're going to have a very special guest, our first guest for this yes. show uh, to come on and talk with us about that. So I won't ruin the surprise right now, but we let, we'll let people know that that is coming up and we're super excited about that show. So help us out, uh, download the episodes, listen to it on your favorite podcast platforms, go to Apple podcasts, give us a five-star review. Cause that is always great as we're trying to grow this platform. And uh, we got the season rolling pretty quickly here. People are skating teams are doing their thing. Training camps are right around the corner. Uh, we're getting to that time where it's going to be a lot more content and a lot more stuff to talk about uh, as the weeks roll on. Uh, Brooke, thank you. I appreciate it. And for everybody else, it's been another edition of the NHL Trade Talk Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time.